0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to Kensington Online. My name is Patrick, and we are so glad that you decided to join us today. And if it's your first time, we just want to let you know that today we're kicking off a brand new series called It's Just a Phase. And over the next three weeks, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be looking at your family and how you can exist within your family in the way that you were designed to do that. Now, over the next couple of weeks, we're also going to be posting some of this content on our social media, which is Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We would love for you to follow us there if you're not currently doing so. The other thing I want to tell you, too, is today we're kicking off off the service was a throwback to the 90s so for all of you 90s kids out there just like me what's up dude you're good (laughs) you're good man Uh, we've got an opener just for you and it's gonna be incredible you're gonna love it it's a throwback to tgif all right well i think we're about to get started thanks so much for watching we'll see you soon
1: This day and age To read any good newspaper Love and tradition Of the grand design Some people say It's even harder to find Well then there must
2: We used to
3: rely. Lucky there's a family guy.
2: Lucky there's a man who positively can do all the things that make us laugh and cry.
1: To predictability. The milkman, the paper boy, evening TV. You miss your old familiar friends waiting just around the bed.
4: Know this Those next one. People.
3: Come on. Because she's here.
4: Here we go. The story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down, and I'd like to take a minute to sit right there and tell you how I became a prince of a town called Bel Air. Alright, come on, you guys know this. Let's sing it together. West Philadelphia, born and raised. On the playground is where I spent most of my days. Chilling out, maxing, relaxing, all pooling, all shooting some blue ball outside of school. with a couple of guys, two were up to no good, starting making trouble in my neighborhood. I got in one little fight and my mom got scared. She said, You're moving with your auntie and uncle to Bel Air. I whistled for a cab and when it came near, the license plate said, First with a dice in the mirror. If anything, I could say that this cab was rare, but I thought, now, nah, forget it. Your home's to Bel Air. Cast about seven or eight, and I yell to the cabby. your home smell you later. Look to my kingdom. I was finally there. sitting on my throne as the prince of the letter.
5: That is a fun way to start off the morning. Yes, you're in the right place. Yes, this is church. We're allowed to have fun. Did you guys uh, remember some of those theme songs from those TV shows from the 80s and 90s? It's amazing how quickly the memories come back. Hey, welcome to Kensington. Thank you for being here. Good morning. My name is Mike Staff. And hey, if this is your first time ever joining us here at Kensington, uh, thank you for checking us out. Our mission statement here is to see everyone... Transformed and mobilized by Jesus. And that means something different for everyone. And it will mean something different to you, too. And we just thank you for coming and wrestling with that question to see what it might look like. We want to know how we can serve you better. So we actually put together a website. It's really kind of a landing page with a form on it. And you can find it on your phone or online at startingpoint.today. And if you could share with us a little bit about you and what your expectations of a church would be and how we could serve you, that would be fantastic and we'd appreciate it. So you guys picked an amazing weekend to be here. We are beginning a brand new series today and it's called It's Just a Phase. And Patrick Holden, our lead pastor, has got a phenomenal message today about family. We're going to have some more music and we're going to be here for about 70 minutes together today. So I have just a couple of quick announcements for you. This first one is in your program just for reference. Coming up a week from Wednesday. Not this Wednesday because what is this Wednesday? Valentine's Valentine's Day. Guys, remember that. So this Wednesday you're going to be with your honeys. And then next Wednesday we want to invite you to be here on February 21st at 7 o'clock. We have what we call... Render, and what it is, is our monthly midweek worship service, and it's not in this room. It's actually in a room across the hall, so it's a lot more intimate, and this is a great evening to make a big church feel much, much smaller with a lot of great worship, a shorter message from uh, Patrick, and then some built-in time to get to know each other, so you don't have to sign up to show up. That's next Wednesday at 7 o'clock. All right, this next announcement, you guys, is going to make you happy. Whether or not you care what I'm talking about, it's going to make you happy. Why? Because we're going to talk about summertime. Specifically, let's watch a video about what summertime at Spring Hill camps look like. Let's watch this together.
1: Spring Hill Day Camps is chock of fun, and kids. We... Uh, set up camp at different
2: churches
0: we run camp from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. and there is not a second that kids aren't engaged typical day in the life of a spring hill kid is crazy hectic exciting energetic
6: a typical day starts off with a dance party
1: we get to every morning go to large group and there's always music when we come in and then we go to small group where we learn more about who God
7: is through different Bible stories. I love that the kids can come and have people in their lives that are excited about Jesus Christ and they can associate a ton of fun with the name of Jesus.
3: My favorite part of day camp is doing all the different
7: activities. And the funny thing is not wall has an easy side, not easy side is not very easy. Each activity hopefully is challenging to the
6: kids and something new or we put a spin on it where they're experiencing
7: it in a new way.
6: All my counselors are really, really nice.
3: They've taught me about Jesus and God.
7: We
0: stick to the gospel essentials. We wanna have a clear message that they know that Jesus Christ is the reason that we're here, that the gospel is the good news and that it can change their lives.
6: This is what the church is supposed to look like, I think. You know, being in fellowship with other believers, eating together, sharing meals, being in prayer. It's very fun, and you learn about God, and you can tell other people about him.
1: I would say to another parent that it is a must. It is something that you really want to try, and you would find out why it's so wonderful. You should bring your kids to Spring Hill because it's awesome.
5: <laughs> yeah, and it, it is awesome. There's no question about it. Hey, you guys, I want to introduce you to uh, Taylor. This is Taylor Leal. How about a round of applause? Taylor is the director of uh, our K-Kids ministry here at Kensington, and Taylor... Uh, Spring Hill really is remarkable isn't it
6: it is it's awesome, and I cannot believe we 're already talking about summer it's so it's good. Insane. <laughs> But yes, um, Spring Hill Day Camps is one of our favorite things that we do in Kid World here at Kensington. And so June 18th through 22nd is when camps are going to happen. And I know you guys live in Traverse City. You value, value your summers. I know I do. And so we like to get these things on the calendar right away. So I guess that's why we're doing it, right? That is? <laughs> yeah, and then we also we have an early bird special. So if you guys sign your kids up this Wednesday, it is... 189 and then it starts hopping up to 199 and 219 and they, they're doing this thing where you just have to sign up fast this year. So um, that's that's what we wanted to tell you guys. It's kindergarten through fifth grade. It's Monday through Friday and it's from 9 to 4 and it is a really awesome experience if you have elementary school students. And if you don't or maybe you do and you want to help out, there's a lot of ways that you guys can volunteer for us um, during Spring Hill Day Camp Week. One of those is our CITs. So we, have, we call these camp counselors in training. If you know of or have a middle school or high school student, they can train to be a counselor with these Spring Hill staff members. And then also, we have to host the Spring Hill staff. Mm -hmm. So they stay here all week long in Traverse City. They travel all over, but when they're here with us, they need somewhere to stay. So uh, we ask our attendees to host them. So maybe host two to three to four, however many you can fit in your house, um, staff from Spring Hill and then the last thing is lunches, we also provide lunches for the Spring Hill staff all week long. and so, um, if you have the gift of making um, lunch. <laughs> then
5: for many. Then, then,
6: yeah. For, I think there's about 20 to 25 of them. Um, so that's who we would be making lunches for there, too. So if you if you could do that, that would be awesome. Um, we have a bunch of sign-up sheets in the lobby. If you sign up today to, do, to serve um, in one of these ways, we'll give you a popsicle. So we're already thinking about summer. You <laughs> know, that is a summer <laughs> thing, right?
5: Popsicles <laughs> on a snowy day? Yeah. So awesome. Yes. Well, thank you, Taylor. Yeah. And you guys look for the big sign out in the lobby. Yeah. It says Spring Hill. And
6: your kids will be getting this, so it will, all the registration information is on there. Um, your kids will be going home with this today if they're in K-Kids in our elementary hallway. So
5: Now, and Taylor, yeah. we have a very special treat from the K-Kids team. Uh, I'm so team. excited. They yeah. are going to come out and do a song and a dance for us in They've just a minute. They've been working so
6: hard. Yes, this is, our, this is actually our K-Kids worship team. They've been practicing and doing this song called Jesus, What a Friend, and they are really excited. So we are looking
5: forward to it. Before we do that, you guys, I am going to invite you to please stand up and turn to someone around you, stretch a little bit, but let them know, tell them what your favorite TV sitcom of all time is. Okay? Mine is Friends.
0: Hey everybody, this is Patrick. And I just wanted to say thanks again for watching our service today online and being a part of this community. Now we know that you might have some questions as you watch the service today and want to find out a little bit more information about who we are. And so we have created an environment for you to do just that. Simply go to startingpoint.today. That's startingpoint.today and fill out that short form. And one of our staff members will reach out to you very shortly and answer any questions that you have about our church and about who we are. Again, thanks so much for watching. We'll be back at the end of the service today. Uh, to give you a little bit more information, but we'll see you here in just a few minutes.
8: time up for those k kids worship
3: team dancers
8: man so cool just when i see that it just gives me so much joy just i just i remember personally when i was a kid their age i was in a church similar to kensington and doing similar stuff and for me personally um Man, it just gives me so much joy just seeing that. I hope that does to you in some small way. Um, We're going to lead you guys in a song called Glorious Day. And one of the reasons why we picked that song to lead you guys in today, because for me personally, uh, kids ministry was something that really was a launching point for me and my faith, man. Without God, without environments like that, I wouldn't be leading worship for you guys today. I wouldn't be a Christian probably. Um, and if it wasn't for people who invested in my life, and uh, that's for me something I can celebrate uh, in my brokenness, in my hurts and my failures, even though I struggle and I have stuff that I deal with every day, there were people like Taylor, there were people that deposited something beautiful in my life that said, hey, you're worth something even though you struggle with this. Hey, you're valuable even though you feel broken in this time. And so wherever you're at, uh, maybe this is your first time. Maybe you're still scoping out the whole Jesus thing, the whole church thing. My encouragement to you is just to listen to the words because really the words of this song is my testimony. And for a lot of us in this room, some of us in this room, it might be a similar testimony as well. So we're going to lead this uh, today and I hope it blesses you. Let's sing it together. Comfortable, I just encourage you, it doesn't have to be pretty, just belt it out.
4: This is your story. Let's sing. I needed rescue, my sin was heavy, but chains break at the weight of your glory. I needed shelter, I was an orphan. Now you call me citizen of hell. Come on! When
3: I was broken, you
0: but so for singing with us you can go ahead and have a seat and welcome to Kensington uh, my name is Patrick, and if it's your first time, you're like, wow, they're really excited about that. Uh, we are. like, We get really excited about singing that song in particular because it really outlines what we believe about God uh, and really what we believe about us, and that's the unifying factor for everybody in this room is that we don't have it all together. Uh, we're all broken people, and, uh, and so we're trying to figure some of that out. So uh, we're so glad that you are here uh, today. Uh, today we're kicking off a brand new series called uh, It's Just a Phase, and what we're going to be doing over the next three weeks is talking about family and talking about how you can like, interact in your family in a healthy way. And for those of you who are like, I love my family. There's a lot for you to get out of this. For those of you who like, I don't really talk so much to my family anymore. we got stuff for you as well. And then for those of you who are single and you're like, thank God I don't have kids, I'm going to talk specifically to you. So uh, we're going to have fun uh, over these next few minutes together. Uh, before we jump into the talk, Bill, I want to go ahead and uh, invite our ushers to move forward. Uh, we're going to receive our offering. And uh, I just want to say thank you so much to all of you who are all in with us and that you give consistently here. Uh, there's a couple Ways that you can give. We talk about that uh, week in and week out. You can give on our app or our website or through text. That's really the easiest way to give. Uh, That's how our family does it. Uh, But you can also give in these amazing. Blue, velvet, pouch-looking things that I still haven't figured out what to call, uh, but you can do that uh, as well. Uh, now, one thing I want to do today is uh, I want to tell you a little bit about where your, uh, where your money goes. And when you volunteer or you give here, uh, oftentimes we think it just stays kind of here in the building, uh, but a significant portion to what you give actually goes out locally and then all over the world. And so you've heard us talk about uh, Safe Harbor over the last several weeks. And uh, and so many of you have volunteered. Real quick, how many of you have volunteered or are planning on volunteering at Safe Harbor? Real quick, so I can see your hands. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, So we did it last night. Uh, My wife and I, we went to Safe Harbor last night, and it was such an amazing, amazing evening. Um, I actually got to specifically talk to two guys. Uh, A guy named Mike was the one uh, that I want to tell you a little bit about his story. Uh, Mike uh, is a guy who is homeless here in our community, and if you're not familiar with Safe Harbor, uh, it's a homeless shelter here in Traverse City. Uh, And so we're, we're eating hot dogs, which were amazing, by the way. I had one. One or four, too many. And uh, we're eating hot dogs, and and he's an artist. And so at our table, he has all of these like books of drawings that he has out. And what he does is he draws comics. And so I asked him if I could take a picture and show you. Uh, so here's one of the the pictures that he drew, which I think is so cool. And so he draws these uh, artistic elements. He works here and uh, in an art kind of area of town. And uh, so we're talking and I try not, I know this sounds odd. I don't tell people I'm a pastor because everybody stops cussing and smoking around me as soon as I do it. So I try to hold back on that. Uh, but, but eventually it kind of came out. He's like, what do you do? And I told him, you know, I was a pastor and he goes, oh gosh, I've got a drawing that you'll love. Let me show you this. And he shows me this and this is Mr. T and Jesus. And uh, so I was like, those two go together real well. Um, and I love that. Um, in fact, you know, that's a portion of the Trinity. It's great. So uh, anyway, um, so we had fun. But we were talking last night, and I love this. Is his story is an amazing story uh, where he's a guy who has struggled at certain points and and kind of come out of that, and just God's really been redeeming a, a significant part of his life. Uh, and so what I wanted to tell you is, you know, I just want to say thank you so much for giving. Uh, when you give, again you are making those kinds of things happen in our community and we're not just about a church building and our guy with you know, I say this all the time a guy with like a britney spears microphone on who gets up and talks for a few minutes or the great music that sort of thing what we're about is transformation and redemption of this city right i see your shirt right there it says together for traverse city that's what we're about right we want to be a community that is for this community and i just want to say to you for those of you who give i just want to say thanks so much you're making those kinds of stories happen which is extraordinary uh, and then beyond that when you give and when you volunteer uh, you're impacting lives really here and then all over the world so thanks so much uh, for being all in with us okay so i told you today we're starting a series uh, it's just a phase and to get us thinking along those lines and in that direction uh, we have a video for you uh, just to kind of get you thinking about the phases of what family looks like and specifically the phases of what parenting looks like so let's check out this video together
7: Look! She took her first step. Have a great day, sweetie. I hope she'll be okay.
4: Oh, she'll be fine. All right, hold still, honey.
7: Here we go. Yeah, there it is. Okay, let's take a look. Oh, it's not too bad, just a scratch. I think she needs stitches. Stop. I know, I know. I'm so sorry, honey girls can be mean. Be careful. And remember, everyone out there is an idiot. Oh. oh, honey, you look so beautiful. What's his name? Seriously? Oh, Look at you. My goodness. Honey, we're really proud of you. Okay, you're going to do great. I'll FaceTime you around four every day. <laughs> we'll see about
0: that. Okay.
7: Yeah, I'll, I'll be fine. It just went so fast. I know. I know.
0: Now, I've been looking at that video uh, on and off for the last couple of weeks, and I love that video. And the reason That I love that video so much is if you're a parent in the room, right, um, then you know what it's like to watch your son or daughter grow up in different phases of life and look at them and go, that went. So fast, right? And if you're a grandparent in the room, you look at your, your kids' lives and you're like, man, there were moments that went really, really slow, right? Around two years old, that went real slow, right? Um, and then there are moments in middle school that you're like, this is never ending, right? Some of that happened, uh, and then you you kind of moved on, and it, and it's like all of a sudden yeah, it, it, you blink, and it, and it's just and it's just gone, and and then some of you you're you're not married, or you know you're not uh, you don't you don't have kids, and you know maybe you're single in the room, and 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 you have nephews though, or you have kids that are around you, like in your sphere of influence and you watch them and even when you're watching them like you love them and you care about them and you see you know, amazing things happening but as you watch again all those things seem like they go so fast the years just kind of blow by you Right. I was hanging out the other day uh, Emily and I we were talking to a couple of like 22 year olds and we just think of ourselves as if we're still 22 and we're like wow that was a that was a long time ago you know what i mean like and a few pounds ago it was great and so for me and you know it was like that and so i'm thinking to myself like that that's kind of a thing like it goes so fast right And when you think about it's just a phase, you think about the moments when you get frustrated. You think about the moments when you get anxious. You think about the moments where you're like, oh, my goodness, like all of those kinds of things. But when you zoom out from all of it, you realize how quick parenting actually feels like it goes by and how fast you become like a friend later on in life. And then you think back to your family, right? And you think back to your upbringing, and for some of you, it felt like it went really slow. For some of you, you felt like it went really fast. And you look back at all these moments, and you remember how all of that, right, your childhood becomes like one season of life that you look back on. And it's so significant, and it matters so much, and you lean into it, but at the same time, it all is very temporary, and when we think back to the families that we're a part of and the families that we grew up in or, you know, the foster families that we have or the adoptive parents that we have or the grandparents that we lived with, you think about all of those kinds of things, and you begin to realize how important that season of life is and how fragile that season of life is and how important family is in our lives. And so before we jump into all the content, I want to look at an idea just for a couple of minutes, and that's this, that you are inundated over and over and over again with pictures of what families look like or what pictures of families should look like. And so here's what I want to do just for a minute. If you'll go ahead and take a big deep breath for me. Can we take a deep breath? Uh, We're going to shout out for just a minute, and the 11 o'clock crowd is the loud crowd. Is that right? Are you guys a little bit rowdy? No. Okay, great. Um, that's fantastic. All right, perfect. Uh, so we'll do this together. Uh, deep breath. All right, I want you to shout out famous families, right? Any famous families that you can think of, just go ahead and shout it out. Let me hear you. The, <laughs> so we're going to lead with the Simpsons. That's great. That's great. We're going to lead with the Simpsons. I'm with you. I love that we played Family Guy earlier. We won't talk about that. But anyway, all right, that's great. What was the other one? The Tanners? Yeah, like from Full House? Is that? Yeah, the Tanners. How many of you had a crush on, what's her name? Candace Cameron... Something. Anybody? Just me. Okay, great. Um, Perfect. The Tanners. All right, somebody else. What else we got? We got the Who? The Kennedys. the Kennedys, right? The Kennedys are a big one. Yeah, absolutely. The Kennedys. I'm going to see if I can spell that correctly. Ish. Yeah, there we go. Cool. What else? Who else? The, Walton. the Waltons. Yeah, that's the one where like John Boy said goodnight every night, right? Don't they all say goodnight? Yeah, I watched that. as a, Yeah, I love that show. That was great. Um, it's on Hallmark now, right? You know Hallmark? That's, that's one of the shows I watched. I'm, no, I'm going to stop talking. All right, sorry, cool. Uh, what else, what else? Brady. Who, who? The Brady, Bunch. the Brady Bunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you both said that. That was great. Brady Bunch, right? The Brady Bunch are a big one. Uh, that's good. Uh, let's do a couple more. Let me hear maybe two more. Wilder. The Trumps. <laughs> the Trumps. The Trumps. So we're going to put that here with the Obamas <laughs> and Ralph Nader. Okay, there we go. We'll get them all. That's great. That's great. That's great. I love it. I love it. Just Ralph Nader. (laughs) Not his family. That's great. What else? Who else we got? The The Jessens. That's my favorite answer of the day so far. Uh, That's really good. I'm also going to put the Flintstones. Yeah, man. Absolutely. All right. One more. Let me get one more. The Kardashians. Hey, come here. Come here. Come here. That's my favorite. That's awesome. Yeah, let's get it up for the... Car- no, let's don't. Okay, cool. Kardashians. Yeah, then that's going to be the one we end on. Um, Kardashi Close. Okay, cool. Yeah, so that's perfect, right? So let's talk about this for a second, right? Now, this is actually a perfect answer to what I'm talking about, right? It's a famous family on TV that is famous for being famous, right? Which is amazing. And you get all of these pictures of what family life looks like, and here's what I want to tell you, is your family, right, whether you mean to or not, hope for it to be or not, whatever, right, even though your family looks different than these families, there are three things that unite every single family, even all of these on uh, on our little light-up wild board, oh, kind of thing, right, and there's three things around that that I want to look at. The first one is this, that every single one of us, every person, has a family of origin, right, which simply means this, you were birthed, and you are now in a place where people care about you and take care of you, right? Or they at least take care of you, right? There's something happened for you that you have a family of origin. At some point or another, you came about, you came to be. And the second thing, which I love is this, that you didn't get to choose the who, right? Now, somewhere around late middle school, early high school, you wished you could have chosen the who, right? You looked at your parents as like, I love you enough to release you from parenting me. You know, like, like you felt those kinds of things. You didn't choose the who, But it was kind of happening there, right? The people who loved you and took care of you or the people who were there after you were a baby and, you know, became around you. You didn't get to choose those people. They were just kind of there. And then the third thing that I think is true of all of us is this, that we all have positive and negative experiences in our family, right? And you don't necessarily get to choose all of these either, right? Some of you, you had extraordinarily positive experiences that were really meaningful to you. I then partnered with that almost sometimes at the same time you had negative experiences in your family. So real quick, where are all the dads at in the room? Do we have, just real quick so I can see all the dads. That's great. Let's talk for a second. You remember this moment, right? And this is an example of this, right? When you held your kid for the first time or, you know, you're holding a baby. And and this is a beautiful moment, and I love this. Two things happen in this moment for every dad, right? The first thing is, oh, crap. And the second thing is, what am I going to do now, you know? It's this beautiful kind of concoction of, you know, how am I going to do this? And oh my goodness, this one's mine. You know, it's this positive and in some ways kind of frightening, and you know, it could, be, it could be a negative moment. For those of you in the room who are grandparents, and I love this one, right? When you hold your grandparent or your grandkids for the first time, I love talking to grandparents about this because they're like, I love my kids, but I really love my grandkids, right? And I really love to give my grandkids back, you know, like there's that, am I right? And you have these beautiful, positive and negative, you know, sort of moments, even as a grandparent, it's kind of like parenting, you are like cloud nine, the most amazing grandparent sometimes. And then sometimes you're not, and you leave baggage in some ways, though different, you leave baggage just the same, right? We all have positive and negative experiences around that. And then how many of you have a, like a high school student? Do we have any high school parents in the room? You have a high school, let's pray. I'm kidding, right? So you know this experience is positive and negative, right? It's positive because you're like, I'm so proud. Now you can take your brothers and sisters places, right? And then the second one that's negative is all of the bad words you used while they were driving, right? Isn't that true? Like there's this moment where you freak out and you get nervous and angsty, but at the same time you're so proud. because look at your son or look at your daughter. They're growing up. And you feel all of those things. And then I think probably one of the most, you know, Um, controversial or difficult moments in families the the moment that a family gets a dog right you know this and here's here's what i mean by this right it's beautiful and it's amazing and your kids are happy and your wife's like i love you so much you know like all that and then the dad's sitting there thinking this is a positive moment but i'm gonna have to walk it you know what i mean and you feel that sort of like positive and negative. And then some of you know the moment, like, and this is crazy. You had a dog, and you, you had a dog for years and years and years. The dog passed away, you know, and you feel this. Like I watch Marley and Me. I don't even have a dog, and I'm like crying like a four-year-old child. Like I'm losing my mind because you feel the angst of the positive and the negative and the beautiful things and the baggage kind of all wrapped into one. And that, that is family. That's the thing that kind of unites all of us in the room going, yeah, it's good and bad and it's messy. And I remember when my dad said this. And I also remember when he said this. Or I remember him not ever saying this. Or I remember when my mom did this. Or I remember the divorce. Like you have all of that wrapped into one. Now, one of my favorite movies of all time uh, is, is a movie with Steve Carell uh, not acting like an idiot. And this movie is called Dan in Real Life, right? Anybody ever seen Dan in real life? Anybody out there? All right, so this is one of my favorite movies. If you haven't seen it, I think you should go watch it. So you have to, for a second, picture him as not Michael Scott, but as a great dad, right? And so in this movie, uh, he's got three daughters, right? Three daughters. These are his daughters right here. And what he's done throughout the movie is his wife has passed away, right, years and years before. Um, And now he falls in love with this new woman that his brother just happens to be dating, right? So that's the fun, like, angstiness of the entire movie. But here's what happens throughout this whole thing. Steve Carell's character as a father throughout all of the tension that's surrounding this movie is in some ways really causing hurt and pain with his daughters. And sometimes he means to, sometimes he doesn't mean to, sometimes they've caused some of it. There's all this tension throughout the whole thing. But what I love about this scene, this is the ending scene, is this is a father who's got all three of his daughters sitting down and he's being extraordinarily vulnerable and he's apologizing and he's owning his share of the mess. And he gets to this moment, and it's a beautiful picture of all of the chaos that was created, and then this moment of vulnerability, and his daughter comes up to him, and I love this, and forgives him. And you get this beautiful picture of what the positive and negative is, and this constant sort of back and forth in what our family is. And some of that is based off the idea that everyone has a family of origin. You didn't choose the who, and we all have positive and negative experiences in our family. Now, with all of that give and take... All of that is in and out of phases, right? There are these phases that your kids walk through or that you walk through or your nephews walk through or your grandkids walk through. And they're extraordinarily important. And what we're basing this whole series around is this idea, right? That the way, right, the way you show up in each phase will play a significant role in the health of your family. Right? Look at me for a second. The way... That you show up or choose not to show up, the intentionality that you put with these phases will really develop or move you away from the health that you'll experience in your family. Now, if you're here and you're not a follower of Jesus, what I'm going to tell you is this right off the bat, is we're going to talk about a few things that either are going to feel confusing or that you disagree with at some point in the talk, and and, and that's totally okay. In fact, if I were you and I was sitting there listening, I'd probably be arguing with me back and forth, and I think that's totally fine. That's one of my favorite things to do, and I argue with just about anybody who has a microphone in my head. So that's great. But the second thing I want to tell you is this, is that the principles that we're going to talk about today I think are applicable to all of us, And if you're not a follower of Jesus, right, I think you're still going to be able to glean things from this talk. But I want you to ask yourself the question over these next few minutes. Is what would happen if the truths that we're going to look at, these these truths that are really thousands of years old, were actually applicable to my life today and my parenting today and, you know, our spouse kind of relationship today or whatever that looks like. What if these are actually true? And what would it look like for me to fully apply these things in my heart and in my life? And then if you disagree with me at the end, you can go out, you get free coffee, and, and that's fine. You can, it'll be great. But I think these are actually going to be applicable. Now, here's the thing I want to talk about. I want to talk about this passage for a few minutes. We're going to be looking at Deuteronomy chapter 6. Now, these are the words that are, that are spoken by a guy named Moses. So most all of us have heard of Moses. Moses is the guy who kind of puts the thing down in the sea, and he's kind of you know famous for that. But Moses, in a lot of ways, was a leader of a group of people that God had chosen to do some extraordinary things. And he had promised that this group of people would you know, be a nation. They're going to have their own land, their own space in the world, and, and all of this. And what Moses does in, in Deuteronomy chapter 6 is he casts vision to all of these different people that are listening about what this way of living and this way of humanity could look like moving forward with people who trust God, submit to him, and then pass on their faith in an incredible way. So here's what Moses says, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 1. He says this. He says, these are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess. So it's like, hey, we're we're becoming this kind of extraordinary nation. God's put us on this path to do amazing things. We're preparing in some ways for some of that. And so what Moses does is he stands up in front of this group of people as if he's the mouthpiece in some ways for what God wants to cast vision for, for who they're going to be. And he's going to highlight these specific insights for who they should become and who they ought to live as. And then he goes on and he says this. He says, so that you, don't miss this, so that you, your children and their children, so three generations, so that you, your children and their children, after them may fear the Lord, your God, as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you might enjoy long life. Now this is an interesting passage that's in some ways difficult to look at. Because what Moses is saying is there's a way of living and there's a set of decisions that you can make that will lead you away from God's best for your life. Where you experience these sort of negative consequences in ways that you may not have to. But if you want to experience God's best, there's this posture of obedience to living in the world. The The foundation for this group of people and the way that they live is to obey God, and to trust Him, and to follow wherever it is that He leads. But the fascinating thing to me about this passage, it's so easy to miss, is He's talking about what it looks like to take that posture, not just for you, but for your children and their children after them. Now, just for a second. That means that the decisions you're making now as a parent, the decisions you're making now as a grandparent, the decisions you're making now as an influencer of kids in some ways, has a ripple effect long beyond you, right? Now, here's how I know that's true, because you know stories about your grandfather and your great-grandfather. You can even look at some of the predispositions we have in our family based off of some of those things. You know that that's true. You've seen the ripple effect of generation after generation after generation. That doesn't mean it's forced. That doesn't mean that you are forced to make those decisions, but it means that there is this generational influence that often goes... Over and over and over again. And that's incredibly important for us to remember. Because it kind of lays on us this responsibility of living well and, and, and living within humanity the way that God has called us to live. In fact, we can say this way. Before we even get to your children and their children and more generations after that, we have to lead ourselves first. It's this posture of obedience into what matters right now. Now, what Moses is about to say I think is extraordinary. Because when you look at this within the context of just words on a page, it can be easy to gloss over. But I want you to do this for a second. I want to take you back to the like third grade when they were like, Hey, I want you to imagine for a minute, if you would. So I want you for a second to imagine this moment with Moses and I picture him, you know, looking a little bit like uh oh gosh, what were those guys' names? With the big long beards on TLC, you know what I'm talking about? Who who are they called? <laughs> the Doug Dynasty fellows, yeah. There's an image for it. So um, I want you to imagine this, like, because this is how I imagine it: big old, you know, Moses, big old beard, leader of this group of people, but he's standing up, speaking. That was an amazing illustration. Uh, Speaking to all these different types of people, but the people that he's speaking to range in age from kids to people really, really old, right? And then everybody in between. And there's this communal approach that he's talking about: this passing on of faith. And he's passing on of this posture of obedience. I want you to imagine this. That he's casting vision for the way all of humanity should live in the ways of God. And he's casting it to such a broad group of people. And he's saying, we're going to pass it on from one generation to the next generation to the next generation. And it's going to require, in some ways, all of us coming alongside one another. You can almost imagine there were orphans around. There were still kids with single parents around. There were kids, you know, in some ways that had parents that may have been slightly disengaged around. And he's got them all united, and he's saying these words, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord. That they may live their life in a way, not where they're scared, but where they come to him with obedience in what he commands them to do. To live the life that he's called them to live. It's this communal body of people. But what's so fascinating about this passage is the idea isn't just for parents. The idea is that parents would not be by themselves, right? That no one, right, no one walked alone. That in the ways of passing on faith, the responsibility certainly lies with the parents. But there's a shared approach with the community that says we will come alongside one another. And we will be connected and responsible for each other for what's to come. Which means every new dad who's trying to figure out how to put on a diaper might have someone to come alongside and show. That every high school parent right, who's trying to figure out what it means to talk about life and sex and how you navigate relationships would have someone who had gone before and showed up in their lives. And when it came to talking about the deepest parts of our soul, you weren't alone in that. But there were others who'd come before you and said, here's how we do that. Here's how you inspire the beauty and the wonder in a child. And no one walked alone. And Moses goes on and he says this. Hear, Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey experiencing God's best, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. There's this way of living that's rooted so deeply in this principled living and understanding how to be in our families and how to be in the world. Inheriting God's promises and choosing to obey. And then what Moses does next is he says some of the most famous words in all of Christendom. It's one of my favorite passages to read. It's actually words that Jesus ended up quoting later on and then adding a section to it in some ways to bring more depth and clarity here's what he says. It he says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And then love, the Lord your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Now, some of you, you read this and you've read it so many times growing up that it, it doesn't, like, hit you, you know? Because your grandmother had it on the bathroom at her house, right? Like, it was, like, plastered on some sort of wall and some sort of gold frame or something, right? picture the context a big bearded Moses casting vision for generation after generation after generation laying a foundation for all of humanity to follow and saying here's what it hinges on loving the Lord your God with all of your heart inspire kids to love the Lord their God with all their heart, with all their soul the deepest parts of your being with all your strength I love the strength part the idea that You've got your heart and you've got your soul. But everything you're reaching for, you're reaching for the right things. And he's casting vision to elderly people and young families and single people, and kids, high schoolers. going. This is the way we live in the world. And then he says this, which I struggled with for a long time. He says this. He says, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. So real quick, I'm just kind of curious. How many of you hate chick flicks? Does anybody hate chick flicks in the room? Just be honest. You're sitting next to your wife, but she's okay with you being honest in church, right? Some of you are ladies. Right here, I love that. She's like, I hate it. Nicholas Sparks, want to beat him up, right? I hear you. Now, when we, when we see this, whenever I see heart in scripture, that's what I like tend to think of. Like the moment... In the notebook, where they're hugging and it ends, right? And I sort of like that's. What I'm like that doesn't inspire me. That's not what he's talking about. He's not talking about this, you know. Moses is talking about your deepest emotions and those private appetites that we all have and we crave, and the deep desires and hopes and dreams and preferred future that we all carry. And he's saying this. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts, that you are to stay so focused and keeping your eyes locked in. Because that is God's plan for you and all of humanity. Now, when I read through this, I've thought so much about what does it take for the heart of a child to embrace what Moses talks about? And I think it hinges on a word, and the word that I think it hinges on is wonder, right? It's it's as a parent, as an influencer of kids, as a grandparent, as a crazy uncle that you are, you know. It's when you do something extraordinary. In fact, I, I, I wanted to say this just right, and so we put it on the screen like this. But I think this is you are working to help your children know, understand, and be fully captivated by a God who commands their wonder. Let me, say this. Let me say it one more time. That you are helping your children know, understand, and be fully captivated, fully captivated by a God who commands their wonder. Now, you see those as words, and it's, and it's kind of just words, right? I want to show you this picture, right? Because you know this, don't you? Because there was a time where you looked, and it was like this. And you've seen this in the heart of a child before. And it's this kind of wonder. And Moses is saying... All of those words are wrapped in. Now, we're a very deep family at our house, so we feel the sense of wonder at Target, you know? So this is my son at Target, right? <laughs> and that's a dad fail, but we'll talk about that later, right? <laughs> Bonus points because he's looking at Star Wars, right? That's pretty great. And I saw him do this, like passing the car. He was doing it the whole time, so I'd like snap a picture of it. But I got a thinking, like, we know this, don't we? Right? Like, you've seen this in your kid's eyes. You've seen this in your middle schooler's eyes when the girl said yes that he asked out, you know? Oh, you know that? You've seen this. And when Moses talks about all your heart and your strength and your soul, he talks about those things. He's talking about, in some ways, like packaging that in a way where it's given to a child. In a way that they understand and they embrace and they know and they feel. And it's a God who is in distance, but he's here. And when God shows up, it's like, oh my oh my goodness. And the problem with us, even those of us who are followers of Jesus, now come on, let me get kind of blunt, can I be one, Yeah. You don't live like this. You've been a follower of Jesus for 20 years. And you stop living like this after six months in. Come on, those of us who are followers of Jesus, if you're not a follower of Jesus, you can kind of listen, but you can be disengaged for a second. Those of you who are followers of Jesus, look at me. When was the last time that you approached God like my son approaches Star Wars and Target? When was the last time that you looked up and you were like, wow. Wow. When was the last time that with your full heart and your mind and your soul and your strengths and, and the deepest part of your humanity, you looked at God and felt small? And see, here's the, you can pray all day long, God, protect my kids. God, you know, make my kid, make good grades. God, help them to be a good person. And all that may happen, and they may miss the wonder of God that Moses is out and they don't have, they're looking to you as a parent to feel this for your heavenly father long before they ever feel it. The problem with us, and, and this the problem. And this is me too, this is 100% me too, is that we want to do incredible things for our children. But we're not like have this love and not like Nicholas love. We don't have this like passionate Love for God and all of what Jesus Christ did for us. We live our lives as if it's just a part of it and it's a part. But it doesn't captivate you. It doesn't captivate you like the first time you saw your wife walk in a room. It doesn't captivate you like the first time when something was out of your control and you prayed for it and God showed up and you're like, oh my gosh, it doesn't captivate you like that. It doesn't captivate you like when you stood on a mountain and for the first time go, oh my gosh, that's not me. And we pray that our kids have it. And we pray that our kids are good people. We pray that they get good grades and they make the soccer team. And all of that will matter nothing 100 years from now. What will matter is that your son or daughter feels this for God. And that happens when men feel this for God, and when women feel this for God, and when grandparents feel this for God. The most inspiring moments of my entire life is when I would sit in front of my Uncle Mac, who was in his 80s, and he'd open a Bible that was so beat up it was held together by duct tape, and he would tell me not Bible stories, but his story. That's this. And the only way you can do what Moses does next is if you embrace it. And here's the part, you know, this is where everybody loves me. Most of us want me to write like a three-step plan on how to do that on a really cool light-up board. Instead, I put the Kardashians. Because there's no three-step plan to it. Ready? Here's the blunt part. Ready? If you want to capture awe and wonder with God, you decide that you're going to do it and you chase after it. You pursue that. There's no, here's three steps, and you figure it out. It's, here's my suffering. God, I'm going to be disciplined to find you in it. Here's my joy. I'm going to find you in it. Here's all of my doubt and all of my questions and all of my difficulty, and I'm going to find you in the midst of every bit of it. So that when I sing, so that I see words on a page, they're not just words and they're not just songs. It is awe. And wonder, and I feel like that's what Moses once passed on. And then he says this: impress them, being these principles and that posture on your children. It's just massaging into the heart of a child to teach diligently the principles and the stories. And then he says this: tie them. As symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Tell the stories that matter. And live your life in a way where you have stories that matter. And that's not based off of what happens to you. That's based off of the perspective you take in to what happens to you. And that's how I think faith gets passed on. Now, after our 9 o'clock service today, I, w- I got done, and um, I was walking off, and I was going to go hang out in the lobby for a little bit. Before I could get off, this, this small woman comes running to the stage, right? And she comes running with this uh, guy who looks like he's a teenager. Uh, I think he's in college now. And her name is Kim. His name is Ryan. And uh, I'm going to show you their picture. Um, this is fun. This is like uh, like an hour ago on my iPhone. iPhone's pretty great. And so we're doing this, and I love it. Uh, this is Ryan. This is Kim. And what happened with uh, Ryan and Kim is Ryan is the best friend of Kim's son, right? And the way that she describes him immediately, which was fun and awkward at the same time, is he goes, he was a smart aleck atheist who showed up at my house, and he was my son's best friend. I love this. And Ryan shows up going, yeah, she wanted to talk about like things that are true and like the deepest parts of the hearts. And I want to talk about science and, da, da, da. and and he talks about how I came from a family, you know, that didn't really embrace this stuff. So she would talk to him and he'd go back and they'd have these like conversations after conversation and their sons were best friends. And all of a sudden he says this, and I love this. He says, but one day what she was saying begin to click and it wasn't what she was saying he said it was how she lived that she seemed to be a person who embodied the truths that she was talking about that there was this spiritual component that i felt like i was missing and i had all of my guards up and my walls up and all of those things and i had all the scientific and all this stuff but kim broke it down By who she was. And the stories that she told. And the way that she showed up consistently over Ryan's life for years. Now here's what I love that he said. And I thought this was so powerful. He says, I came to finding Jesus. Because Kim continually showed up in my life. To show me. Jesus. Now I'm type A and. I like to read, and I'm like the, you know, I want to, like, debate and, you know. I love, that's, you know, and I don't have friends. I'm just kidding, right? So that's me, right? Now, here's what i tell you. I'm kidding. Now, here, here, here's what I'll tell you, though. Brian is extraordinarily intellectual, one of the most articulate people I've ever met. Super smart, heady. What broke him down was Kim's passion and stories and passing on of faith. In a way that it was real to her. And that is what I want for every single kid in Traverse City. It's not that they know everything, because some of the people who know everything are just jerks, you know. They hadn't figured out how to live. It's that it's that every kid in Traverse City would so fully embrace the power and the wonder of faith. And by the time they go to college and a professor pulls apart whatever Genesis 1 or 2 is, and are there multiple, you know, all that stuff, and all of a sudden their faith begins to like, you know, whatever. They go, no, no, no. no. But Kim, it was real. I think that's the powerful part. And for you as a parent, if you're going to pass something on, you pass on character, absolutely. You pass on skills and talents, absolutely. But what would it look like if every parent were focused on passing on wonder? Because I think that's where the power is. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do, which i love to ask you to do in church. I'm going to ask you, everybody in the room, if you would, to pull out your cell phones for just a second. I'm not going to ask anything from you. I would just like you to pull it out. I want you to take notes on this next part. There's three little sentences. I just want you to have it, right? Because I want you to remember what we're going to talk about. And some of you, you've been disagreeing with me the whole time, which I love. I want you to take a picture and just debate whoever it is that you came with at lunch over. That'll be great, or just in your head debate me, but at least you'll have, like, evidence now of what I said. This is great. Uh, there's three things I want you to remember as a parent. I'm going to put them up on the side screen so it's either take a picture of, right? So, and then I'm not in it, which is even better. So go ahead and take a picture if you want on the side screen. So here's the three things I want you to really be focused on. First one is this, that every kid needs an adult other than their parent speaking into their life, right? That's this Kim story, right? That every single child in our city needs an adult other than their parent to speak in their life. Grandparents, look at me, right? This isn't just you. I think one of the most powerful things that you can do as a grandparent is find other people who are in your life stage to speak in your grandkids' life. Gather all those people up and do it. Now, here's why this is so important, right? Here's why it's so important. Ladies, you know that this is true. There was a guy that you wanted to date that had 12 tattoos and a leather jacket, and you looked at your mom, and you're like, Mom, I love him. And she goes, if you date him, I will kill you, right? Right? Don't date him. He's trouble, you know? And you're like, oh, no, I love him. I'm going to date him. You're like sneaking out of the house. And then somebody else who's your mom's age that you also respect looks at you and like, why are you dating him? And you're like, I don't know. And that other person said the exact same thing that your mom said, but it stuck with you. And the reason that's so important is because parents... Your influence is extraordinary in your kid's life, but there will be a day, and it happens—you know—some people in middle school, sometimes around four years old. It just depends on the child and how stubborn you were to your parents. I believe that. I'm just kidding, right? But if, whatever that is, right? They stop listening to you fully, and they need other people to speak in their lives. This is why we have small group leaders, right? We build our entire ministry on this. If I die tomorrow, if this whole place fell apart, there's no lights, the speakers fell down, and all of a sudden the band forgot how to play music, right? If all of that fell away, if we had this for every single child in our community, we would be winning. This is what we build everything around. This is why we talk about recruiting small group leaders all the time. This is why we do it. So that as a parent, you can have someone else speaking into your child's life. The second thing is this. And I'd love if you to take a picture of this one too. Is you need to grow in your relationship with those who are speaking into your kid's life, right? I want you to grow in your relationship with those who are speaking into your kid's life. And here's what I mean by that. Ready? On a Sunday, if you just drop off your kids, that's okay, and we're so glad you drop them off. But the better thing is to have a conversation with the small group leaders that are investing in your kids. Have a conversation with the mentors that are investing in your kids. Now, here's what's amazing. Don't tell anybody this, right? But as a parent, if you have those kinds of relationships, all of a sudden something comes out, what happens? They tell you. My mom would be like, the Holy Spirit told me. And I'm like... Rose told you about that, you know, like, you know, you had the same mom, you know, but it's powerful and it matters, right? When you grow in your relationship with the people who are influencing your kids, it, it's it's so significant. It helps you be a better parent and it helps your kid grow in the way that they need to. And the third thing, and I say this in almost every talk that I give in some form or fashion, because I believe it so much. And that's this, you have to choose predetermined submission to God in your parenting, right? Now, Here's what that means, right? And we'll wrap up. That means that I'm going to find myself in a position where I don't know what to do. And when I find myself in that position, which is most of us daily, I come to God and I say, It's, It's genius. I don't know what to do. Lead me. And whatever you say, I will do. That I am listening and I'm predetermining that where you lead me, I will go. And when you do that, I don't miss it, when you do that, something extraordinary happens in your parenting. All right. So, last thing I want you to do for a second is uh, I want to I read this statement and then we're actually going to do it for a second and we'll wrap up. I want you to imagine a world where every child had another adult echoing the truths that they heard from their parents. Right? So, to do this, what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you for a moment, just for a moment, to close your eyes, just for a second. Close your eyes, just for a second. And I want you to think back on your life to one or two moments where you made an extraordinarily poor decision in middle school or high school or college or somewhere. Just think about that for a second. And what I want you to do right now is, is think, what would have happened in the moment that you were going to make that decision if five or six other people who loved you and cared about you and wanted your best interests at heart showed up in that moment, what would that have looked like? Now, for those of your parents, keep your eyes closed for just a second. I want this next statement to just like sink its way into your heart, and that's this. That your kids will find themselves at that crossroads or probably a similar crossroads of importance at some point in your life or in their life. And the question that I want you to genuinely answer in your mind is, do you want them showing up to that moment with just you or a group of people around them? I want you to look back at me. What we built this whole family ministries and student ministries and kids ministries on is the thought that two combined influences will make a greater impact than just two influences. All of this is Reggie Joyner stuff, right? Brilliant architectural stuff. Two combined influences will make a greater impact than just two influences. That when you have the church or mentors or people who love and invest and care for your kids and you as a parent coming together, that will make a greater and more significant impact. Than you could ever, ever make on your own. And so my hope is this, right? That in our city, and churches are known for all sorts of things, right? I hope we're the church that is known for sending people into the hearts and the lives of families so that every parent in Traverse City and every kid in Traverse City has adults that have come alongside them and they're making that impact. There's a lot of things that we could do, but I think that's the one that could change our city. That every single one of you could have that. That I could have that. My kid's two years old, and I think back to his small group leaders right now, and we drop them off. In some ways, they're so important to what's happening, and I hope we're able to do that. And The second thing that I hope for you is this. I hope, for those of you who are followers of Jesus, that you don't get so bogged down in busyness and life and struggle, that you don't get so bogged down in questions and suffering and pain, that you allow yourself to live your 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years of life missing that comes from God. Then my hope, as I was praying for this day, is that every person that would come into this room would walk out of here, whether they have kids or not have kids or single or you know whatever that is, that we could all recapture that wonder and faith where we come to God open-handed and we say, Wow. You have my whole heart, all of my strength have my mind and the deepest cravings of my soul and I am in awe of you because you will never pass on the kind of faith that you want to pass on to the next generation until you are fully captivated and in awe of who God is in your own life so what we're going to do to wrap up our time is I want to pray for you um and we're going to sing a song that's one of my favorite songs. We've sang it a couple of times already. And the song is called, So Will I. And for some of you over these next few minutes, you need to like, you just need to stay seated. And that's okay. I'm going to ask you to stand, but you can stay seated if that's what you want to do. Some of you, um, you you need to just read the lyrics. Like you don't, you don't need to like process anything other than the lyrics. And then some of you, I'm going to challenge you. Some of you, you've been coming to church for a long time or maybe you haven't and and you see people like do this kind of thing. They're like it's kind of weird and I don't do that anyway. And if you're an introverted like me, you certainly don't do that anyway. But, but you've never found yourself like an abandonment of your pride and your angst, and your suffering. You've never done that. And today what you need to do for the first time ever is just you don't even have to sing. You just do this as a symbol of God. For the first time in a long time, I'm so pursuing that wonder and I'm abandoning whatever it is. It's, I'm nervous about this moment. And that's not all of you, but I think it's some of you. You've never raised your hands before except for a football game. But when they scored a touchdown, you were all about it. But for the first time today, you need to go like, hey. As a sign of what's happening in my heart, I'm pursuing that wonder, and I'm abandoning all of the other stuff that's kept me from it. Now here I am. I'm going to pursue that. And then if you're in the room and you're not a follower of Jesus, the very least over these next few moments, you're going to get, in my mind, one of the most perfect pictures of what we believe about God, and what we believe that God believes about you. And whether you're there or not, or whether you have all sort of baggage or walls, kind of like Ryan put up or not, my hope is that you just get a glimpse of what it could be if it's true. So I'm going to ask you to stand up. i want to pray for you, and we're going to sing this song together. And the, the quiet that oftentimes we find ourselves kind of laid bare and vulnerable, and all of our doubts and questions and angst, and fear, all of the mess is just there. Including me, some of us have been so good about building up walls and allowing ourselves to be captivated by you. For some of us, it's been so long since we actually felt that you were close even though you say that you are. So, Father, over these next few moments, I I ask that you would remind us how close you are. And I pray over these next few moments that you would start something in our hearts that isn't quenched or isn't satisfied, but it is this pursuit of this wonder that our faith really lives in. And I ask that these next few moments would feel nothing but sacred, people in the room that have lost that, God, that they would begin to find it.
2: Of creation, there at the start, before the beginning of time. With no point of reference, you spoke to the dark, fleshed out the wonder of life. we mm-hmm. Don't speak.
0: said it, you knew that was you. And I don't think there's this big, long, like, step plan, but here's what I, what I challenge you to do this week, is for three minutes, or five minutes, or ten minutes this week, just pray that. Just say, God, I want to pursue this wonder, and I want to discover that. And, and and I want you this week to focus on what that looks like to continually pursue it, even if it's just for a few minutes every day. Dad's in the room, come on, I know you you got a lot going on, you're busy, and you're not an emotional guy anyway, come on, I, I'm with you, but I would just say this. That pursuit could change the entire trajectory of your family. It could if you would choose to do that. The second thing that I want to tell you, some of you, when it comes to parenting stuff, you're like, some of the practical stuff you were talking about, we need to figure out how do we get people around us, that sort of thing. So I want to tell you about a couple of things real quick. Uh, In the lobby, throughout the series, there's this bookstore. Um, What we did is we literally bought the books for exactly how much they cost. We're not making anything on it. We just wanted to get these in your hands really as soon as you left. Now uh, This entire series, and somewhat, is based off of these three books. These are my favorite parenting books, and I've read a lot of them. Um, so, uh, Parenting Beyond Your Capacity, that's Reggie Joyner and Carrie Newhoff. A lot of what we talked about today is found in there. Uh, Don't Miss It is really kind of what the series is based on, this idea of what it looks like with the phases and how you can make sure to show up correctly in all of those phases. And the last one, specifically, if you have a middle school student or high school student, um, this is one of my favorite books for you, right? This is called For Parents Only. It's by Shanti Felton. Uh, There's so many great insights on there in terms of how you communicate, what what it looks like we're going to be talking about that through this series. Uh, but you get a head start on that, and all that is in the bookstore uh, right outside that uh, away Whatever that's right for you, left for me. Uh, last thing is, a lot of you are interested in a volunteer meeting that we're doing afterwards. You're like, where do I go? Right. So many of you are signed up for that. I us to say this: this is a map. We're going to leave this on the screen so you can know. Uh, but if you're in guest services, production arts, kids or students, or if you're just undecided, I'm trying to figure it out. Uh, we have one of those places for you. So those uh, are all going to be up here on the screen. We'll have them up there for you uh, as you're leaving. Uh, And then we'll go from there. Hey, thanks so much for being here. Next week, we continue this series. uh, And we're going to be talking specifically about you, conflict, and your family, what that looks like. Thanks so much for being here. And we'll see you right back here next Sunday. Thank you so much for watching online today as well. And all those resources that I just talked about are available to you. You can download those really quickly and easily on Amazon. Uh, they're all great resources for you that can spur you on in influencing a child, whether you're a parent or you're just an influencer uh, in your community or a small group leader. We'd love to get those in your hands. Uh, next week, we're continuing this series. Uh, we'd love to invite you back. Uh, you can do that at, at one of our live campuses in Metro Detroit here in Traverse City or in Orlando. Uh, or, you, again, you can watch one of our services live online. Uh, as well. Again, thanks so much for watching. We'll see you right back here soon. Thanks.